This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, 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 yo. What is going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys from No Ceilings. My name is Corey Tulliba. I am here with my Dudes, we got Nasty Nate over to my right. We got Garbage Time, Albert Gim. We got Nick the Agar Johnson. And uh, our dude Tyler Rucker will be joining us in short order. We are going to, there he is, the man, the myth, the legend. We here. Um, we in here. Your boys are in the house. We're going to break down day two and three of Summer League. We have just been enjoying just a, a, a fantastic slate of games the last two days, gentlemen. It's been unbelievable. I'm pretty uh, pumped on life. I feel like we got some some tired soldiers here, but we're ready to talk it out. We're ready to get after it a little bit for the folks. Look, we had a couple of nice team dinners. Um, we've been mature. We haven't blown all our money yet because we got to focus on hoops, guys. Uh, how are we feeling? Nate, specifically you, I need to know, how are you holding up right now? How are we doing? I know you got an early flight. We it's two two thirty in the morning East Coast time. How are we holding up? Ready to talk some summer league? Listen, man. I mean, I, I'll be honest for everybody listening. I'm a little tired right now, but if anything can rejuvenate me, bring me back to life, it's basketball. It's the sport that we love. It's the sport that we've been watching the last few days. As Corey said, I think today's slate of games was absolutely phenomenal. I would say. Other than, you know, the, the the Wizards game that I'm sure we'll get some thoughts about in a second. I mean, obviously, Magic Kings, excellent game. Thunder Rockets lived up to all the hype. So I was incredibly pleased with what I saw today. And overall, the trip's been, I, I think, a great experience for us. For sure. Uh, we're going to start with Magic Kings because we have our resident Kings fan legitimately in the house. Nick, uh, impressions of Keegan in person today? I mean, Keegan Murray was Keegan Murray. I don't know what else I could. I suppose I could say a lot more because he's Keegan Murray, and therefore I could riff on him for you know about two and a half hours. But hey, Nathan has to catch a flight, so I can't go too long. <laughs> um, no, I mean with Keegan Murray, it was a really interesting performance because the first quarter he really kind of disappeared a little bit, faded into the woodwork, took one shot, made a three. But the second and third quarter from him was exactly what any Kings fan should have hoped for. You know, he was playing well on defense, grabbing rebounds, moving the ball well, and great movement shooting from him. And then the fourth quarter was a little bit like the first until the very end when all of a sudden it was Kings were down six with five seconds to go and Nimish Keita hits a three and then they get the ball back and Keegan Murray hits a three and all of a sudden we've got overtime. And, you know, that's... <laughs> My expectations are maybe a bit high because, hey, I mean, when you get overtime in Summer League and when the Kings have a chance to win a basketball game, it's always an exciting moment. But, man, that was a ton of fun. And Nimish Keita played great, and, you know, he certainly showed. I mean, that three-pointer was not something I expected him to be able to pull out of his bag. But, you know, him and Keegan combined were really impressive in this game. And even though the Kings did ultimately lose in double overtime, it was a fantastic game to watch, and it was a fantastic performance from the leading man. Albert, what did you think of the uh, overtime format in Summer League? We got a little a, a little sudden death action after uh, the the double overtime between the uh, the Magic and the Kings. I mean, who doesn't love sudden death, right? So uh, it was definitely a lot of fun. I think uh, the only thing is that finish was kind of ugly. Uh, the game ended on a free throw, right? Or am I crazy? Did the end game on ended on an Emmanuel the, Terry layup. That's after right. The free throws were called off after the Apollo block that was a foul was overturned. For that is right. Reasons that we don't need to get into. Um, so I was expecting a lot more from a sudden death type of finish, but um, it's cool. We got to watch Keegan. We got to watch a lot of different things that 
game tying three was awesome, right? We were in the building for that. That was a lot of fun. But overall, well, some, some, some of us, of us were, were in the building. building. Yeah. Correct, correct. Some of us were Jesus. I mean, <laughs> so, sorry, I was trying to watch as many games as I could. So selfish of me to do that. We uh, we have yeah. to cover all our bases here at No Ceilings. Right, right. Rucker and I sacrificed. So we can go watch uh, Nikola Jovic, JD Jamie Davison. Davison, and our guy, Trevion Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Good for you guys. Three out of ten would recommend. You know, it's not something I would push. You know, the decision was probably questionable. But I actually did enjoy uh, some J.D. Davison, which I was not expecting to say after. Uh, the J.D. Davison staple. No, well, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I was – he – he shocked me. You know, we, everyone that's been following those ceilings knows how I feel about J.D. Davison. Um, lukewarm. Lukewarm at best, you know, but he looked good today. He Corey, was, he Corey was, even uh, I was saying it. He looked a little good. He looked a little shocked. He was playing with some pace, making some good reads, stepped into a rhythm three. It was not bad. Uh, the folks didn't come here to watch us or listen to us talk about J.D. Davison. Um, I hope. I hope not. Yeah, well, some not. maybe some of some, them. Some, some, some of them. But Rucker, uh, outside of Davison, what did you think of Paulo out there on the floor? I thought Paulo's been living up to the hype. You know, we we talked about this um, on the other stream coming to to Vegas. This is exactly Paulo's environment. This is his atmosphere um, on and off the court. But uh, let's go, let's go. But Paulo's look great. Um, he's looked like the number one pick. I think it's it's pretty quick to to see why he was the number one pick and in, in such a highly touted prospect, even at Duke. But I think seeing him in person, you know, I think we all said like, "Damn, he's big! Like he's just a he's a load. He's going to be a force at the next level." So I'm excited to to keep seeing what he develops into at the NBA level, especially as a rookie. He looks like he's got a shot to be rookie of the year. What about you guys? Shout out Scott Skiles. Yeah, Scott Scott. Shout out anytime we can. Magic legend, Bulls legend. Uh, Albert, what you? What was your impression of Apollo in person, up close, live in the flesh? I think the biggest thing for me was my first time seeing him live. Uh, so just seeing him live was an experience in itself. Um, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. Um, he's a gigantic human being. And we got to see kind of a lot of different aspects of his game that I, I thought was interesting, right? He's handling the ball a ton. He was shooting the ball a ton. I thought defensively he had a lot of – he had some fun possessions where he's really got, getting after it. So um, I feel like we got a multifaceted look at Paolo Bancara, at least for me, especially you know it being the first time I saw him live and in person. So it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. I think he's going to be really damn good at basketball, and I don't think that – that's a stretch to say at all. So I think he's going to make it. I think he's yeah. got he's, he's got a real chance to be, be okay. to be pretty okay in this league. Uh, you know, you mentioned he's got a chance for rookie of the year. I think there are a couple of other contenders in the eyes of the people. We ended the night with about six minutes of the Pelicans Blazers game, and that's not where we're going with this. But right before that, we saw what was probably my favorite game of the weekend so far with Oklahoma City versus Houston. That's Jabari versus Chet. And um, we had a, a great finish, um, but to me, I, I was really excited to see Chet in person for the first time and see what it was like going at Jabari. Uh, Nathan, uh, what was your impression of Chet live, in person, in the flesh? Did he live up to your expectations? I kind of just loved the fluidity and the mobility that we see from Chet. I mean, he is so such a natural mover at his size and you throw in some of the transition ball handling, some of the passing he was showing off in the half court, some of the shooting touch that he was able to show off. He is just such a really impressive and complete package that I think when you see it all come together live, I mean, yeah, sure. You, you see all the things about, yeah, he's skinny. doesn't look like you should be playing in the post out there, center position, the whole nine yards. But at the same time, you see all the other skills kind of blend and come together and honestly it's it's really just an impressive package to see especially when he was going up against another top pick as you were talking about in Jabari Smith and he went at Jabari Smith like let's not like Jabari Smith I think and we'll we'll talk about him I'm sure he did a good job defensively on certain possessions but there were other possessions where all of a sudden Chet's taking him off the bounce and we're all kind of looking around at each other like oh like 
he's going right at Jabari. Like he is not afraid of this moment. And there were times where he would either get the best of Jabari on the offensive end or even on the defensive end, whether it was Jabari coming at him or some of the other guys, some of the other Rockets guys coming at him. He was going up there. He was swatting shots. He almost had a technical called on him because I think he was getting that much into the game. That was really fun for all of us to see. Like I just loved seeing that. I think we can all agree. Chet belongs out on the court physically. There was no point in the game where I thought that he couldn't play either post position out there. And then just his energy, his aggressiveness, his hustle, his willingness to do anything and everything is team is his team needed. And when you have such a broad skill set like his, I mean, really easy to fit in. Chet was was very impressive. He looked fluid out there, didn't look physically overwhelmed. Uh Jabari was a little bit of the opposite. Uh he he struggled out on the floor. Second game where, you know, it looks like he was in his his head a little bit. Um Nick, do you think that we should take anything more that this is just summer league or are there some legitimate concerns with Jabari as the prospect that he was billed as as potentially, you know, the the best scoring prospect in this draft? I'm not all that concerned, honestly. I mean, the first half was not great from him. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, he looked like (laughs) afraid is the wrong word, but I mean, he looked like he was not as up to the moment as Chet, certainly, especially in that first half. And I think he got a lot better in the second half. I think he started getting a bit more aggressive with his shot. He, you know, tried to dribble drive more than I expected in that second half, more than maybe more than I'd seen from him in any individual game up to this point, which, you know, is a really positive sign for his development because that's something that he needs to work on going forward. But certainly, you know, on the defensive end, he had his moments, both good and bad. But really for me, especially after the second half where I think he got into double digits in the second half alone, you know, that was a much better sign than the first half where the first half he definitely looked like he was still adjusting to the speed of the game. The other thing that I thought was interesting coming from the OKC coaching staff is uh, they put friend of the program, J-Dub, Jalen Williams on Jabari. They gave the little Trace McGrady on Dirk, put the wing on him, uh, and the length and mobility of Jalen Williams, I thought, really threw Jabari off his game, Rucker. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I, I think I made the comment to you even during the game, Corey. I was like, I think Jalen Williams has been one of the most impressive players in summer league in general. I, I mean, I'm going back to Salt Lake City Classic. I mean, the Salt Lake City Summer League. He's doing everything, and, and he looks like he earned the spot of going in the lottery. I think Oklahoma City's got a potential star in Jalen, not just Chet. I mean, mm-hmm. Jalen looked fantastic. He's doing a great job off the ball. He's doing a great job making smart decisions. But defensively, he was just going to war with the third overall pick. I mean, he was not backing down. He was doing a great job moving his feet, staying right with them, being physical. I think Jalen's checked a, a different box every game that you've watched him. It, it, he's made an impact. He's done a great job because I think first quarter he he came out his first run and didn't even have a uh, a point registered. Mm-hmm. Right, and then he just took over in that second half too. But he was doing a great job in the first half defensively on Jabari, who you know we'll talk plenty about, but as we are, but he, Jabari's frustrated today. I think Jalen Williams also had a large part of that. For sure. I mean, you saw, like, we were right by the Rockets bench. Uh, after a, a, another missed three, Jabari went over to the bench and just smacked it as hard as he right, could. He right. was frustrated. When he finally knocked down a three, he, like, let out a visceral scream, like, you know. So, but Jalen, he was terrific on him. And I think that that versatility, that's that's going to allow him to really find some important minutes on that the squad this year. Minutes that you know, I think are going to really be integral for this team's development going forward. I mean, we looked at one of the closing lineups. What was it? it was Giddy, Jalen Williams, um, Chet. I think was Usman out there. Yeah, Usman and, 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 and Wiggins. Wiggins looked good, too. I mean, really, he yeah, looked really Wiggins good, but awesome. it was, it was nice. the length collectively from the Thunder. Right. And I'm just watching. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so I'm so jealous of this team, like for fans of this team, because that rebuild. They're building something serious out there between Giddy, Trey Mann, who we didn't even really touch on. He was okay today. Yeah, you know, it was right. just, you know, not a little bit more ISO heavy than the rest of the guys. But the ball movement, the way that they play as one, it's just such a beautiful brand of basketball. I think, you know, Presti's absolutely crushing mm-hmm. this this rebuild. Um, but there are some there are some rockets 
that had some nice games. We got some, we've had some Tari Eason skeptics. Uh, skepticism oh, at, at no ceilings oh, and uh hey, hey, i'm right there with you nate i'm right there i'll and back at, you up at I was one too. point at one point nathan said i'm ready to admit defeat that's a verbatim quote you have turned the corner on tar and nathan give me give me the explanation so so i can actually tie some of what i can say about tar Eason to what i would have also chimed in about jalen williams as well we talked about some of the okc lineups and we were all talking in the stands we're like OKC, does Jalen Williams actually have a chance to start for that team at some point next mm-hmm. year? And you, you you start putting together what we think the starting lineup is going to be, right? Like SGA, Giddy, Luke Dort, and then Chet, and then probably Derek Favors at the center spot. But Jalen Williams, he gives the Oklahoma City Thunder something that they don't really have anywhere else in the roster, which is a wing his size with his timing, with his anticipation. The timing that he has in some of his cuts – that type of player movement really changed the game for them in certain aspects. And then his timing, how he approached leaking out to get out in transition to take advantage of Chet's passing or Chet's pushing the ball, pushing the pace and, and Giddy as well. That's a type of player I think every team needs more of and they can't get enough of when you have somebody like that in the starting lineup to bring that dimension offensively. It really changes them. On, on top of everything you guys said about his defense, Tari's the same way. And I, I was a Tari skeptic because, and I think some of the stuff still stands in that when, when the game shrinks, right? When, when it gets into these half court situations where Tari has to go to the basket and really charge at people and finish through contact and draw contact, all that, like I don't fully buy into some of that touch still, but I guess the one point that I always tried to play devil's advocate to on my own podcast was that, does that matter if he's just constantly getting these wide open rim runs to the basket? He can just consistently go up and finish and dunk at home, get out and transition, leak, and all those same things just talked about Jalen Williams. He was doing the same thing for Houston's offense, and it looked really impressive when it was clicking. And then you factor in uh, our first live stream that we did this week. I talked about his discipline defensively and how he wanted to sit down one-on-one and guard people. He wasn't being as much of a gambling artist that we've talked about. He's really starting to tie a lot of things together, and we already knew we had the physical traits to do it as well. So, yeah, he has, he's won me over, Corey. He really, truly has won me over this week. Yeah, what did uh, Albert, what did you think of Ty Ty's performance on the floor? Because he, he had a big bucket there at the end with that little floater. I really wasn't expecting us to suddenly turn to Ty Ty. That was a good was, shift. Was, yeah, that was Corey, really good. Corey caught you off guard Corey, there. Corey, I kind of liked it. That's why Corey's the host. Yeah. That's so, behind, <laughs> shouts to Corey. Hit you um, with the behind the back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready to go. Ty Ty was somebody we were making jokes about uh, when we first uh, when the game first started, and we were wondering if he was just going to be some phantom player on the court the whole time. But Ty Ty had his moments. He hit some tough shots. I think he had a floater in there or two. Um, had some good moments. I think defensively, I, I just don't remember him at all doing anything special or anything significant at all, which is. It is kind of is is what it is. I don't think we were expecting Ty Ty to be Tari Eason or Jalen Williams, so that's okay. But offensively, yeah, I, I think he had some good moments, hit some big shots, some floaters, some in between stuff. So good for him. I, I just think um, think he also needs some time. Um, he's a guy that is gonna it's gonna take some time for him to really reach whatever his final form is. But we saw some moments, and at least he wasn't shy. At least he took some shots and made some shots. So I would say today was a step in the right direction for Ty Ty is, is the best way to put it, I think. Rucker, I know you're a big second year summer league guy, and I think that our guy Jay Gup on the Rockets, I thought he was really impressive in person he had some moments shiftiness off the bounce he was making plays they let him play on ball a lot rebounding the ball um his athleticism really popped mm-hmm. even when he was going to the rim getting swatted by chet uh but what would you think of our guy josh christopher for for houston i i've loved what i've seen from him i, I know he's taking a lot of shots he's got to get a little bit more efficient but i think they're good shots um he's just I think he's taking that next step. He looks like a guy that's going to be a, a serious piece for Houston this year. You know, we, we were praising Jalen Williams on the thunder and Christopher was guarding him a lot of the first half. He was doing a great job kind of slowing him down. Um, but, you know, Jacob ended with what, 19, nine and five um, in 28 minutes. Yeah. He was six for 17 from the field, but I thought 
he's playing hard. He's making plays. He's really showing um, the handles are really taking a leap forward. Like I, I made the comment to Corey. I was like, are they, are they trying to make him run the offense a lot? Like it, it looks like they're almost emphasizing making him kind of some point guard duty. So I think he's right on track. I think uh, he's going to be a really underrated piece to, to keep an eye on throughout the year. Um, Do you think he can maybe be their backup point guard heading into this? Because it's really funny. Like we, we watched today. We talked about Ty Ty Washington. Obviously, Dacia Nix is like a really yeah, interesting right. factor into this. But what if Josh Christopher could actually take on more of those backup point guard duties? And then not only – has he shown signs of being able to run the offense and set guys up? But obviously we know what he brings from a scoring perspective. So is, is, is he becoming that real true third guard? Maybe we don't need to lean as heavily on Ty Ty this year or even to an extent Dacia Nix. Well, that's what I was even thinking during the game. And I, and I brought up to Corey, I was like, are they, because summer league is a lot of times is experimenting, not with just the rookies, but some sophomores coming back. It's like the team has told you what they want you to work on. And with Christopher, it looks like a clear emphasis of, hey, we want you to run the show, um, which I understand because I love the way he plays. He's, mm-hmm. he's pedal to the metal. He understands how to apply pressure on both sides of the ball, but also play with some pace. And I've loved what I've seen from him. I thought Nick's was impressive today. So I was kind of like, are they are they thinking about Christopher potentially as, as more of like a point guard duty? And that's why I thought that question was perfect, Nathan. And I don't know what the rest of you guys think, but – it looks like they're intrigued with the idea. And, and you know, for what we saw from Ty Ty, I still think he's got, he's going to have, he's going to need a lot of time. Like I could see Ty Ty being third on that list. Like he's not going to be a guy that even if he was drafting the first round, he's going to be playing serious minutes. I think it's going to take some time. I with just, him. I kind of get the vibes that like this point guard race is, is wide open yeah. to an extent. Like I, I don't think they're locked into any, option necessarily especially at the backup spot but even i mean Corey rucker we we've all talked about this like the kevin porter jr thing at some point they have to get a firm answer on that as well and i just think the way they're constructing this roster especially with now anything we talk about with jabari but even bringing in jabari he's sort of one of those guys we all talked about during the draft cycle he can fit on any team they're not locking themselves really into any spots other than jalen green Right. Like they're really trying to take their time, evaluate everybody for each position and make sure they're putting the right pieces in place. So that's that's kind of another reason why I loved having the Jacob conversation. because it's like it's an open competition, really, for everybody in the roster at almost every position. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. This next guy, I'm going to kick to Nick. I, I think he's probably got his spot locked up and we didn't get to see a ton of them today. Uh, talking about the fifth pick in. Uh, the 2022 NBA draft. Jaden Ivey had a, a quick run, but dominant run um, before an ankle injury. Nick, what did you think of, of Ivey's quick five-minute stretch before he uh, left the game? So I think we'll probably talk about this a bit later, but Jaden Ivey's first game at Summer League, he put up 26-6, and six, but that was more flashes than, like, you know, box score excellence. Like, you know, he had an awesome fourth quarter in that game where he put up most of those counting stats and where he had most of his good possessions in that game. But this game, I mean, he came out and he looked like the best player on the court for the five minutes that he was actually out there on the court. I mean, he was driving to the basket. His shot looked good for the most part. You know, he was moving the ball around, but... You know, we only got to see him for five minutes, unfortunately, before he got hurt and left the court. But, I mean, those five minutes were, I think, the most impressive five minutes that we saw from anybody today. Yeah, I like you said, like, he just looked like Summer League was a little bit too fast for him the first game. And it's weird to say that about players who their athleticism is their calling card, right? Because you say, how can a game be too fast when he's still faster than everybody else? But it's just the adjustment of everybody being just a little bit faster than he's used to. Today when he came out, I think he had a little bit of revenge on his mind right. from the narrative that, you know, Johnny gave him the the work earlier in the college season. And um, I think he figured out the pace of summer league. Yes. And, and he started doing it in the fourth quarter and it carried over, which is really impressive uh before he went out but i've been you know pretty equally impressed with jalen during these first two games he's been really really good and uh, you know i said it i'm like this is the guy that we're going to look back on and be like why were we overthinking this kid who was so young with so much raw potential but was producing at such a high level already and teams let him get out of the top 10 i think i think that's going to be the guy uh that we pretty clearly say that was 
little bit of a mistake that we let him pop out. So, uh, Albert, what what yeah. were your impressions of of Duran in person? So, rather than just talking about Duran, something that I w- did want to say after you guys mentioned Ivy and yeah. Duran and all these guys. I, I think it's fair that they have adjusted to the speed like you like you guys have mentioned. I also think that that Wizards sum, uh, Summer League team uh, is bad. Um, I, I think that team's pretty rough. And I think uh, that team not being so great uh, also led to the Pistons looking a lot better. I mean, Duran looked awesome. And I think he has looked awesome. Um, I know, I'm sure everyone on Twitter has seen that awesome pass that he made. Uh, you can feel him on the court. He's gigantic. He had some really cool blocks. He's doing stuff all over the court. Big time dunks, all that stuff. The, the big impact stuff was there. But I also think that uh, that Wizards team is not so great. At least the Summer League team is not so great. And uh, Johnny Davis had a rough go at it today. Uh, a couple other guys as well. But for me, like as much as I want to give Ivy the props and during the props, I also think that uh, the competition today was not so great. Well, you know, uh, one of the things about summer league is that it's not just the guys who got drafted that are playing. It's not just the second year guys that are playing. It's guys that are trying to stick in the league or earn themselves a contract overseas. And there are times when you get these teams that are in the middle, like the Wizards, where they haven't been in the lottery for a while, so they don't have this young core who can kind of play together, knows what's going on, can maybe run the offense comfortably. You get a bunch of guys who are going out there and playing for their professional lives. They're playing very much so a brand of like me, me, me ball. They're right. trying, they're not trying to, you know, make the extra pass to the next guy. They're trying to ISO and show teams that they could score. So right. even if they don't make it to the NBA, they can go get themselves a nice little contract playing overseas. I don't know. That's, that's a, you, you coached overseas Rucker. That that's tough to, to kind of deal with as, as a guy like Johnny Davis. Um, so I, I mean, do you think Johnny's going to come out the next game? with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, adjust and kind of feel himself out and know what's going on? Or do you think this is just what he's going to have to deal with in summer league? Cause all these guys are kind of just playing for the next contract. I, I think Johnny's the type of guy. He was a little passive today. Mm-hmm. I think we even saw, we all made the comment, like he's got to take that shot. Like right. he just kept, and he was making the right reads. It was the extra pass. It was being unselfish, but he's going to have to take some shots where he's wide open. It's like, Hey, they took you 10th overall. You can make that shot. You need to, you're the guy, you need mm-hmm. to be the guy to take that shot. And, right. and it's, it's spot on with some of these rosters. Like you look at the wizards roster. There's a lot of guys that spent a lot of time in that G league last year. <laughs> they don't want to do it again. They, they want to get on a roster and stick and not be going back and forth. And um, I understand it, but it's tough. There's a lot of, you know, guys are like, Hey, I got to make, I got to make some money. I got to make a roster. I got to make right. a team. I don't want to go overseas. So um, I understand Johnny was trying to be a good teammate today. It looked like he was trying to make the extra reads, but there's also some guys that are playing a little bit of hero ball. And yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting. I, I think Johnny will be much more aggressive in that second game. He had the Ivy first game where Ivy was still absolutely impressive the first game, but I thought today he was, we had a moment we all looked at each other. We're like, oh, boy, he's going to go crazy today. He looks so much better, so much more under control. He was dominant. He had, what, 11 points in five minutes? I mean, yeah. he was about to go crazy, but it was just a different player. I mean, he was attacking. He was showing some swagger. I think he hit that yeah. first shot and was kind of giving the the crowd a little shake. Like, mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Johnny does because – I think we were all a little disappointed today. We were all expected a big performance from him. And uh, then, of course, he had the down game. And then Ivy gets hurt in five minutes. So we were like, okay, this is fun. Summer League's fun. Yeah, that, the game turned into a little bit of a drag. Um, <laughs> Nick, how do you feel about Nikola Jovic's performance today? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> we're here to have fun, folks. <laughs> but, but seriously, Nick, were there any other players that you thought stood out? today um that you watched that that we missed or or are we moving on to to Jaden Hardy I mean we can move on to Jaden Hardy if you if you really really want to I mean Josh Giddy was impressive but I mean I was kind of expecting that from him after his rookie year you know he's a second year guy coming back to summer league it kind of makes sense that he seemed to be playing within the flow of the game that it didn't seem too fast for him that that wasn't an issue so I don't know. I wasn't particularly surprised by that. I mean, we touched on most of the rest of the people that I think we really needed 
needed to cover today. Yeah. I mean, I can talk some more about Nimish Keita. Like, he had a really great game. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if we need to have that conversation today. I, I do say I do want to say, and we, we only stayed for a little bit of the game because, uh, you know, we need to go have some drinks and, and get some food in us. But Trey Murphy mm, yeah. looked huge when we were watching him warm up and out on the floor. I mean, he looked tall. He looked jacked. Real big fan of of the work he's been putting in in the off season, um, but we got to talk about Jaden Hardy. Yeah, yes, we do. You As know, because a lot of outlets had faltered and wavered on Hardy as like a sure first round guy. He teams had the same feelings. Went in the second round, but he came out yesterday against my Chicago Bulls on a mission, ready to be like. You guys know I was like the number three guy in the class mm-hmm. coming into the year, right? Like you guys remember when that happened? And what do you what do you finish with? Twenty seven, something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, I believe twenty six. Twenty six. Um, I mean, he's like that though. He's like that, Albert. Mm-hmm. You were you had him in your top ten, right? Correct. So Correct. why do you think teams overthought this with Jaden Hardy? I mean, we've we've talked about this bunch. I think from. The beginning of the college basketball season, Corey, you and I had him number one, and then he clearly dipped on our boards and everybody else's boards. He never dropped out of the top 10 for me, though, and um, and I'm not taking a victory lap right now because of one good G League game, uh, but I, I think there were a lot of things in that game that spoke to why I couldn't really drop him much lower than nine, or I, I couldn't drop him lower at all. And the reason why is he showed a lot of that physicality. Uh, he showed a lot of stuff with the ball in his hands, a lot of really nice hesitations and ball fakes. Uh, and then when he went to the rim, he was taking a ton of contact and getting to the foul line and making some tough shots. And uh, he didn't make all the threes that he was taking. And I think, you know, he's got the range, but I think he's just got to start hitting more. But the thing with Hardy also, the most important thing with him that, Corey, we talked about when we did our pod with Rashad is that there is a lot of playmaking and vision with Hardy that he is going to show more of over time. And I think he he showed some of that yesterday too some of that playmaking some of the reads he's making out of the pick and roll some of the stuff that he's seeing weak side um i think hardy is i'm not saying that he's a number one option but he's a guy who has parking lot range who we saw him physically is a big brolic dude who can take a lot of contact at the rim and then plus he's going to add in some of that playmaking this is a high-end talent so uh i Really love Jaden Hardy. I'm really happy for him. But at the same time, I am going to pump the brakes on myself and remind myself that it was one summer league game against your Chicago Bulls. And um, also, there were some moments where it wasn't so easy for him either. We had we posted that clip where Justin Lewis kind of put the clamps on him for you know a couple of possessions. So um, I'm not saying Hardy is a perfect prospect. What I am saying is there's a lot there for him to offer and a lot more for him to show and develop into. So people should be excited about Jaden Hardy. I mean, I, I look at Hardy in, in the greater context. Summer League's fun, you know, that we're here to break that down. But Jalen Brunson just went to your Knicks. Albert, if Jaden Hardy, Rucker, can give anything to this Mavericks team this year, I think that's a, a big boon to that offense. And, I mean, Jaden Hardy's kind of the perfect kind of guy that you want playing off Luka Doncic. How do you think that synergy is going to work between them this year? Do you think he's got a shot to get some real minutes? Yeah, I think he's got a shot to be an absolute steal. I, I mean, Albert had him a much higher in hit than I did on my final board, but I thought it was an absolute robbery where they got him. Um, no doubt about that. And wa- I've watched him throughout the year, and, and I know this is overreactions and we're going off of Summer League just one game, but I thought just he played so much more under control compared to what you saw in the beginning of the year with the Ignite. Like there was pace, there was poise. He was attacking and trying to get his shot, you know, in between, not mm-hmm. just the three point shot. Yeah. He took a couple step backs in the beginning. He got blocked by Dalen Terry on one, which was a great play. And then it kind of you saw it click where he was like, All right, let me let me be patient. Let me get to work. Let me, you know, attack, but also get in the lane. And um, you know, he only went two for seven from deep, but he ended up with I think twenty eight. Um, if this box score is right, but they also went to OT and he was efficient the whole game. He was outstanding. And um, I think he's got a shot to be an absolute steal for that Mavericks team because we know he's a great catch and shoot weapon, but I thought he did a great job in this first game showcasing that 
this is what he worked on the whole year was having the ball in his hand, ha- being a primary ball handler, having to make reads, having to make decisions. And um, he had a couple plays where he, he had the defense collapse on him. He knew where to go with the ball. And that's what the Ignite was working with him all year. So I loved it. It was a great way to set the tone for summer league. Well, you know, shifting from one guy who maybe proved in doubters wrong to the next guy uh, who might be proving some doubters wrong. Marco Saminovich was so good. <laughs> Marco game. hours, folks. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna Deep we're cuts. gonna we're not talking about Marco uh, hours for the Bulls. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Blake Wesley. We saw the Spurs. Oh. We were really impressed. Uh, we were skeptical uh, of Blake Wesley. You know, we caught up with uh, our guy uh, Pee Wee the Plug from uh, the Through the Wire podcast, and he's like, "You guys went in on Blake Wesley this year." We did, and I kind of liked him. I I couldn't believe it because we usually align, but. We told him we saw him and we were really impressed by what he did this year. And sometimes when you're, you know, a little skeptical and you're wrong, you got to admit when you guys show flashes and uh, Blake Wesley was was really impressive. He had moments where he was a little going a little too fast. But uh, Nick, where were you at with with Wesley this year? And, and what did you see from him yesterday that, you know, you liked or, or disliked? I had him as a draftable player. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Um, let's let's go with that for now. <laughs> but no, I mean, he was really impressive in that game. And certainly at the beginning, it looked like he was just hunting his shot, which is, you know, kind of what you expect from the Blake Wesley experience. But, you know, then in the second quarter, he started getting hot. And all of a sudden, it made a lot more sense that the offense seemed to be running through him. And, you know, the big thing was that he knocked down three of his four three-pointers, which that was really the biggest concern for me was could he be efficient from three-point range? You know, if he's going to be putting up all those shots, hopefully you can actually knock a few of them down. So, that would be nice, typically. Yeah, usually helps. Tends tends to be better for your team when you make shots as opposed to missing them. So that, that was nice to see for him, Blake Wesley. No, I'm, I'm sounding way more negative than I mean to, which, you know, is kind of the thing. But I was also really impressed with his defense, and that was certainly the one thing heading in that I was impressed with Blake Wesley, you know, I was out on his offense. Let's just put it that way. But again, draftable player. So, you know, clearly wasn't that down on his offense. But no, he looked really impressive defensively in that game. You know, he was moving well. And he he's one of those guys, too, who like his wingspan looks massive in person, especially for his size. And that I think was, you know, obviously a huge plus for him. So, yeah, I was certainly not on Nathan's level of Blake Wesley love. But, you know, he looked he looked good in that game. And, you know. Granted, it's one summer league game for better and for worse, but you know certainly the parts of his game that he needed to do well in terms of his three point shooting, in terms of him getting in a rhythm and knocking down shots, he was he was there. So there you go. Well, the, the Spurs had a loaded draft class, and uh, unfortunately, you know I don't think we're going to get a chance to see Jeremy Sohan in person, even though he's got you know some pretty tight outfits on the yeah. bench. But uh, Malachi Branham was a guy that Nathan, you were very high on. And I'm not, you know, the last time that Albert and, and Nick and I talked about Malachi Branham, I kind of went in on his defense. Me and Rucker did did a little bit of that sidebar uh, in person, but we're not going to go in on his defense. Uh, you were a little bit higher on Malachi. Did he show you the things yesterday that you were expecting to see from him on the floor? I think he did a really good job of playing within the flow of the offense and really taking what was given to him, right? Like when guys played up on him, he was able to get that step, get by him. And then if somebody came over to help in the lane, obviously he's really good at stopping, popping, getting to that mid range and being able to rise up and shoot over anybody. So getting those shot attempts, being able to play within the flow of the offense, I think was really important for him. I think more of the spot up shooting is going to come around for him. Some of the three points I wasn't making all of his three pointers yesterday, that that's going to come around for him. And I think more of the passing playmaking as he gets more familiar with playing pick and roll and NBA offense, I think all those things will come in time. But for what he was asked to do yesterday, I thought he did a good job offensively defensively is all right that's a different story all right it's it's really weird i i think there were some certain situations where he didn't look terrible guarding somebody in a one-on-one situation but if you if he has to be on somebody who's going to be consistently run off screens and he has to go chase other guys around like his awareness his being able to catch up with somebody or recover in certain areas like that's that's not there for him. I, I don't know if that's ever going to be a strength of his. I just want to see him getting better more as like a one-on-one guy. But yeah, there's some things defensively they, they got to be ironed out. I didn't force you to talk about that, Nate. But Rucker got a real good view of the back of his head as he was chasing Ochai Baji around the floor, which which was nice. But yeah. uh, more different different speed here. What do you think of Primo's 
game yesterday because I think I think the Spurs had an interesting strategy developmentally. They they gave the ball to Wesley in the first half, put Primo off ball, and then they gave Primo the ball in the second half to see what he could do with the ball in his hands. So, uh, what were your impressions? I guess you know first half first second half and where did you think he looked better do you think he was more comfortable on or off the ball i i mean it it was i'm right there with you Corey. i thought it was very interesting how they kind of gave them a little bit of run running the show in each half and by the end of the game or, or when we finally got up and left the gym i think it was in the third quarter but they were playing awesome off each other you're like okay this looks like it's gonna be a fun little one-two punch moving forward I thought Primo looks like he's he's taking the steps in the right direction. He he played with some poise. He got, got some good shots. Um, he was efficient. He was efficient, and and even when the shots were falling, I was like, those are good shots. Those are good. Those are smart takes. He made some really nice reads, um, which is going to be important for him. Like I think now that Deontay's out there, they're going to need someone to be a facilitator. Dejounte. Dejounte. See, I mean, it's the silent J that gets you every it's time. It's the silent J that gets me. You know, so. Um, gosh, dang it. I can never get that name right. Anyways, DeJounte Hive, DeJounte. go after him, go D- after him. My DMs are open. You guys know that you've, you've, everyone knows that all, about you. Everyone knows that about me. You've hazed me all year about it. Anyways. Yeah. I, I, I thought Primo looked good. You know, him and Wesley combined for 40 points and 10 assists. So they were doing a good job. I think the spur, I wanted to see Sohan so bad, but I thought, Wesley was a guy that I was out on, and I was like, boy, he really looked pretty dang good in that first game. He really did. He he might, you know, be shoving some words down yeah, our throat. He, he we, might, we might be, be a little bit better than I thought. Might so. be eating some crow on him. We'll but I'll eat the crow eat easily. I'll with a smile on my face. Yeah. Albert, one of the guys that we really liked during the, the process, I think we ended up being a little bit higher on him uh him than than consensus. And I think he was a guy that you would have felt comfortable with the Knicks taking that was playing in this game, Zochai Agbaji. Yeah, and uh, I thought Abaji was was really really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even knocked down a, a beautiful step back yeah. three that got changed to a two because his foot was on the line. Uh, what was the thing that stood out about Ochai to you, uh, seeing him in person? I think something that we talked about with Ochai when we did break him down was we said that he was an adult, and I think when we think about adults, we think of guys who are going to calm everything down and be really stable and whatever. The thing that I actually enjoyed about him yesterday was I felt like he was playing kind of outside of that realm where he took some chances and he took some, he made some aggressive moves, took some aggressive shots and overall was just really uh, all, well, he was really balanced on both ends defensively and offensively, but he also showed like, Hey, I, I'm a lottery pick for a reason. Like I can do stuff other than just stand around and be like the safe guy. And so uh, with Ocha, I, I love the aggression. I love what he did offensively, defensively. He was talking and that's something that we had talked yeah. about while we were watching. He was really vocal, communicating really, really well, calling everything out, seeing everything. I mean, ultimately you have to see it to call it out. Right. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but he was doing it. the chicken or he, the egg. Exactly. He yeah. saw everything. He's calling it out. He's organizing the defense. That's the type of stuff that um, I'm sure Cleveland Cavalier fans are going to be really excited about. And then if you consider the shot making and the shot taking and, you know, the stuff he's doing off ball, he's always moving, um, always trying to be in the right spot. And so to take that guy and to add him to that Cleveland Cavaliers roster kind of seems like the absolute perfect fit. And I would say I think the, it kind of broke perfectly for the Cavs to gr- grab him at 14. So congrats to them. He is just such a clean fit next to Mobley, next to Garland. They were there courtside, soaking it all in, getting a look at, at their future teammate, um, Luke Travers, and, and his beautiful extravagant hair. Um, Summer League MVP already. The only one who could just stop Blake looks. Wesley was Luke Rucker, Travers. I, just, I need you to give me a, a quick monologue where you, it's, this is going to be your, your hit him up. Uh, for our teammate Maxwell, as as why he went in on on this man so hard. Rutgers' love for Golden no, Fox is second. I was furious, and and Maxwell, this one's for you when you listen to this. I even texted Maxwell during this game, and I was like, "Hey, uh, Luke Travers, electric. Why did you not like this guy? What is wrong with you?" And then Maxwell took a very personal, sent me like three paragraphs defending. <laughs> like he thought he was on trial, like defending himself, answering. Co- and I was like, he does everything good on the court. And then 
I think Maxwell's like, yeah, except he doesn't put the orange ball in the basket. And I was like, yeah, but he's awesome at everything, and he has a mullet and a mustache yeah. that looks like he's a 1980s porn star. So, sure. I mean, that's that's electric for Summer League Las Vegas. And then the guy we saw him today just walking around the crowd, no one knew who he was. And it was like, this guy's living the dream. Which it was is, the John Stockton effect. But it's insane. He's, he's the most noticeable-looking white dude in the <laughs> so, entire building. So how, how can you not know? He's a skinny six-foot-seven guy that just has glorious mullet hair. Yeah, awesome. It's, it's definitely influenced by uh, <laughs> season four of Stranger yeah, Things. He looks like he Billy trying, from Stranger I Things. I thought he was some guy getting ready for a halftime act. 100%. In one of the games. Yes. No doubt. 100%. Uh, one of the more underwhelming games for me, although there were some interesting prospects in the game, including Kai Jones and his turquoise oh hair. Yeah, not great, Bob. It's terrible. <laughs> not great. Guys, I was going to ease into the he Kai Jones. So- no, 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 I was just saying it was <laughs> so- a little underwhelming. Uh, but the game itself was a little under underwhelming. Uh, Charlotte Pacers, we got to see Ben Matherin. I know Rucker, Albert, you guys saw him in person a couple of times. Uh, did he look to either of you any more uh, prepared to kind of take on like that, that jump, that all-star type shooting guard role as a, a teammate for Halliburton. It felt pretty good. Albert, our scouting trips have been pretty impressive at summer. Like I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, like it. I mean, to be totally fair though, I was always the resident skeptic on Matherin, but I did say I after forgot. after seeing him live with Rucker, um, he was really impressive when we saw him live. And then seeing him yesterday, no fear, absolutely no fear. And that's that's kind of his MO right now. Like Matherin just seems to be the guy where he's literally not afraid of anything. And in his first summer league game was taking all kinds of wild shots, just pulling up in transition didn't care i think one of them it was behind three and then uh the next one it was like a step inside of the three-point line for no reason and he's just like that you know he's not afraid he's gonna play his game and he's gonna be aggressive always and so um considering all that i thought he had a really good and he had some really nice threes uh was doing stuff all over the court and uh he even tried some playmaking at times so i was like cool good for you so overall um pretty good debut for ben matherin yeah i, I i'm right there with albert i thought matherin looked like a guy that he was like, yeah, this is this is easy. I was doing this all last mm-hmm. year with Tommy mm-hmm. Lloyd's system. Like, we were playing up-tempo. He was getting his shots. Um, you know, I, I really thought last year playing in that system was the best thing for Matherin because he's going to – it's almost going to be slower for him right now because Arizona was pushing it so right. much. And uh, I liked the shots he was taking. I thought he was aggressive. He looked like a guy that was like – I'm the best one out here. And he looks like a guy that's – he's going to be in the NBA saying that. He's going to be confident. He's going to go right out well, after he already, one. He already is, according to some of the – Yeah, NBA. he's got to call out LeBron. He's he's smart. He knows he's getting – he's becoming a brand now, so he goes and attacks the biggest name. That's what you do. Everybody knows that, you know. That's the number one thing that's everybody knows. One, that's the one thing you know. You go after the great white shark, <laughs> and, and you try to get it. So, no, but I, I loved what Matherin – showed in the first game i think indiana got a great one it's not difficult to see why he was uh one of the hottest names in the pre-draft process because i think it's just the the intangibles the the swagger and he's tough he is tough he's a badass he's got that energy that he's like this is my show uh it's gonna be an interesting dynamic in indiana with him and halliburton i think they complement each other really well i think that's the perfect spot uh or the perfect type of guard for him another player that there were many skeptics on uh including many at no ceilings i think even the people that were high on him there you had to have a little bit of skepticism with him but i thought that he played with incredible pace yesterday a little bit more under control talking about nathan your guy bryce mcgallans yeah what did you see from him that 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 you liked because there was a lot to like yesterday so i think you said it you said it really well when even even the people who were higher on him, like me, for example, you obviously take his valuation with some sort of skepticism. I, I ended up having a top 20 grade on him. He, he never really did that in the first round for me all year. But I said multiple times in the podcast, he would have been one of the riskier picks I think I could have taken in the top 20 because his projection, to me, you see some of the flashes on film but what he could end up being in the NBA just seemed 
fairly theoretical compared to some of his peers. So I think that's really where a lot of the skepticism, a lot of the pause came in. But yesterday, 17 points, six rebounds, five assists, shot it efficiently from the field, shot at 50% from three-point range, got aggressive, got to the free throw line, set other guys up, did so many good things offensively that when you throw in his athletic package at six, seven with length, he's not a bad athlete. I think he's actually a, a sneaky underrated athlete to, to an extent. I mean, you and I watched him warm up at Rutgers. Like he was, he was throwing some, throwing down some dunks. I'm like, okay, like you, you got some springs in your legs and he was showing it in transition yesterday and being able to get downhill as well. So just one of these wings who showcased a much more complete offensive package, at least, in the first game than I was expecting at the NBA level. Certainly plenty to continue to build on offensively, defensively. I know he's a mess. How many of these guys coming in the rookie years are actually going to be like good NBA defenders? That's kind of like a comment I always try to throw around. He he will improve both on and off the ball. But offensively, yeah, I was I was really encouraged yesterday. I think a lot of other people who were skeptics should have been too. He was really under control. He was making nice reads, uh, some passes that – he didn't show a ton of at Nebraska under uh, Bulls coaching legend Fred Hoiberg, Minnesota Timberwolves front office legend. Shout out Metcalf, Fred Hoiberg. Uh, but somebody who I thought was making just atrocious decisions time after time was Kai Jones. Uh, Nick, explain to me the Kai Jones experience in in three words or less. I- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, here's, here's the uh, serious part. I think I was less out on the Kai Jones experience than literally everybody else, which is not saying all that much. But, I mean, when he decided to attack the basket and drive towards the rim and get in position to throw down alley-oops, he was really impressive. And when he was going 0 for 10 from three-point range, he was not as impressive. So, you know, <laughs> you take the good with the bad. But I think I was less out on him overall than everybody else certainly seemed to be. But it was not the best effort from him. Let's just put it that way. I mean, what do you think the the team needs from him this year? I mean, it, it seems like there's going to be minutes open in the front court. Uh, hopefully, at least there will be minutes opening up in that front court from that organization. Is Kai Jones a guy who can actually go and grab those minutes? Or do you think that he's just a, a little too far away to be relied upon in year two? I mean, they started him over Mark Williams, so clearly they believe in him somewhat. <laughs> they did start him over Mark Williams, a guy that uh, you know I'd seen a couple of times during the year, but I knew no, you know, some of our guys were were excited to see him. Rucker, what, what were your impressions of Mark Williams? Uh, because a guy like him, the reason I think we all liked him so much because we know what he is at the NBA level. We wanted him to land in Charlotte so badly because, as a rim running lob finishing garbage cleaning big uh that that was the perfect spot because he's got one of the best passers at the position but in summer league he most certainly does not have a lamella ball-esque playmaker to to give him the rock um but with that said what what did you think of his performance given the fact that you know we knew he's not a guy who's going to create a ton of offense for himself he, he looked like a guy that just completely struggled to kind of get in a in a rhythm, you know, in a weird way. It was like adjusting to the speed, but it also just, like you said, it didn't, I don't know if he had a lot of spacing. They didn't really seem to get him a lot of touches down low. And then, um, you know, dealing with the Kai Jones experience is always difficult for some, but, uh, but, you know, I think Mark's going to be fine. I think summer league could be tough for a couple of these guys. We always expect the first rounders to come in and just hit the ground running, but Johnny Davis today, Mark Williams struggled a little bit. Get away a couple games, see see how they you know respond and um, move forward. But uh, Mark, I think, is going to be fine. I think he's going to be one of those guys that when he plays with better talent around him, his game is going to rise. So I'm not too worried. I don't know about you guys, but I, I wasn't too concerned watching him. Well, I think that's really why context matters when you're watching these games sometimes, yeah. right? Because you know there's a big difference between playing with Jaden Ivey and a guy who could draw a ton of pressure, Killian Hayes, versus playing with, you know, Crutcher right. as, as your point right. guard, right? So um, I, I think you have to take into account sometimes when you're diving into just the box score numbers. 
that's what summer league's for. Like it's a bunch of guys who are not going to be in the league and, and the guys who are, are going to be playing with better talent. Ultimately. Uh, I think that we could finish up here because this is the, the last game that we watched and uh, we have our resident Nick fan in the house. We, we watched Nick's warriors. It was the Farron hunt show. Um, Albert two way, two way spot for Farron hunt. Does this guy have a shot to make the roster? Cause he looked phenomenal yesterday. I actually think he's already on the roster. I think he's the uh, he's the new two way guy because they signed uh, Jericho Sims to like a three year contract. Um, but he's a guy that the team obviously likes a lot. He was with the team last year as well uh, during the offseason. He's been working out with Julius Randall and Jericho Sims in Dallas. But you see it like you can clearly see it. Like I know I gave him some crap uh, yesterday when we did our live stream and Rucker kind of came at me for that, but I'm okay. People don't Um, forget. No, for sure. Uh, But Hunt is a guy who, um, I mean, the swing skill is going to be the shooting. I mean, it's as simple as that. If he can show any semblance of shooting, then I think he can stick around obviously because he's easily one of the most athletic players on that Knicks roster other than like Jericho Sims um, who, holy crap, Jericho Sims had himself a day and a half yesterday, just absolutely soaring in the air like an Eagle. Um, but yeah, Farron Hunt is a guy who might have a shot. Uh, I mean, well, sorry, what am I say? He's on the team, but he might actually play because defensively he was doing stuff offensively. He was doing stuff, but, like he had seven steals. And if you're going to figure, if you're like thinking of a way to get on the court for a Tibbs coach team, uh, defense is a good place to start. And um, seven steals, pretty good defense, right? So that's not bad. It's not bad at all. That's not seven bad. steals. You average seven steals in today's NBA. But you're doing pretty okay. What are we minutes. talking about? Yeah. So minutes. he was running out in transition, just absolutely throwing down monster dunks. That windmill that he threw in the second half was freaking beautiful. So good for you, Farron Hunt. But overall, I thought the Knicks played really, really well. Uh, there was a lot to be excited about. Quentin Grimes took 900 shots and made like four, but it's okay. He was aggressive and he's doing his thing in the uh, in summer league. And also he had eight assists. So to one turnover. Exactly. That's so, a nice number. Good job. Brian. What'd you think of Montero? I love Montero and I'm really excited. So Montero is a guy who I liked, but I had mostly just watched like OTE stuff and just a little bit like Corey had consistently said all year, watch the international stuff. I didn't watch all of it. I did watch some of it. And then watching him live, he was awesome defensively. I was like, dude, he was so fun. He was all over the place, moving his feet, staying in front of guys, um, quick hands, trying his best to kind of beat the guys to their spots, uh, did a really, really good job. And so I think there is a world where Montero also may, I'm not saying he's going to get major playing time or anything, but I think Tibbs is going to watch this guy play and be like, oh, he's kind of my type of point guard. So uh, Montero has a real shot if he can keep this going. Obviously, he's going to be, he's going to have to be a little bit more consistent with his shooting, but you also saw the playmaking. He threw some nice dimes, nice little pocket passes here and there. So uh, there's a lot to like. And I was really pleasantly surprised by Montero. Yeah, I, I think he's going to spend a lot of time in Westchester this year, but yeah. um, I think he's going to get a shot somewhere at some point because feisty dude, really quick hands, and and like you said, if he can knock shots down consistently. Uh, we were all a little disappointed that we didn't get to see Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah. That was a little bit of a bummer. Maybe we'll get to see him tomorrow. I know we're excited about James Wiseman's debut. Very excited. We might the town red. We might have some money on that tomorrow. I don't know. We may or may not. There's rumors. Um, People are talking about it. We're not talking about it, but the people are talking about it. The people are talking about it. Uh, We all lost a ton of money today, but we don't need to talk about it again, right? Try (laughs) try, to talk about all this stuff. We're talking about new stuff. (laughs) We're poor now. Well, you know, <laughs> I met Calf. We're sorry. Um, <laughs> tell me what you think of uh, you know Kaminga's struggles in the game, and how do how do you think he bounces back? Um, I mean, I hope he bounces back on a war path <laughs> with Wiseman tomorrow because um, you know can it get much worse. Yeah. He, he, he just looked rough. He never really seemed to get in the groove either. Um, At least Moody was awesome. Moody Moses, Moses Moody um, <laughs> was great. I thought he was outstanding. But, you know, Kaminga was a guy that I thought had a chance to play one game and get shut down. And now I'm like, hey, you might need these runs <laughs> for a little bit, buddy. But, um, you know, Kaminga's going to be fine. I think he's yeah. going to look outstanding tomorrow. They're going to play against the Spurs. That's going to be an awesome, awesome game. Um, but I have to give Albert some credit. I, 
I thought Grimes was one of the most impressive guys I've seen here. Mm. And I know how he didn't shoot the ball great, but he looked like a guy that doesn't belong in a good way. Yeah. He looked like a guy that's like, okay, he doesn't need to be playing much mm-hmm. more because he, he struggled to shoot the ball, but there were good shots. And yes. I thought the playmaking was outstanding. He, the, the defense. He was playing a different speed than everybody mm-hmm. else. And, For sure. Um, he carried himself differently yeah, than yeah, everybody yeah, else yes. as well. It, he, he looked great. I think Knicks fans should be very, very pumped about that development. And uh, Jericho Sims is still just a brick shit house. You gotta, you're you going to have to mention Trevor Keels before we, oh, we get dear. out of here. Well, man. I mean, everyone wants to talk about Fran Hunt having seven <laughs> he- steals, but uh, no one wants to talk about Keels having four. Or so, Miles yeah. Don't forget about Miles either. Deuce. Um, Keels, I, I think, is going to be a perfect piece to develop for the Knicks. He's still extremely young. I right. liked what I saw. thought he knew his role yesterday. Yeah. I thought he understood that, like, I got to play tough. I got to – when it's my time to hit a shot, I'll, and I take it, but I also got to move the ball. So, Knicks fans should be pumped. Before we get out of here, uh, Nathan, I just want your final thoughts on Justinian Jessup before we <laughs> – I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everyone, uh, thank you so much for – watching no ceilings tv listening to the no ceilings podcast feed um we are having an absolute blast out here in vegas and um we're looking forward to day three day three of summer league for us and uh seeing some good basketball and, and seeing james wiseman live up to his draft spot so make sure you stay locked in to the no ceilings tv youtube channel Subscribe if you haven't yet. It is somewhere, I don't know, like somewhere down there, right? Hit that like it's button. Right there. Subscribe. It's it's the one of those buttons. You'll figure it out. All oh, right. You'll see, you'll see. If you uh, are listening on the podcast feed for the first time, make sure you subscribe to the No Ceilings Podcast. Share it, rate, review, all of that good stuff. And uh head to noceilingsmba.com, subscribe. It is absolutely free. You'll get content delivered Monday through Friday to your inbox directly you don't have to do a thing all you gotta do is open it you read it watch some stuff it's gonna be great make sure you do that your boys are out until next time thank you for rocking with us fellas say goodbye